Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is the time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. God says judgment is coming. And if you want to escape the judgment, you better be covered by the blood. I was just thinking about this. I don't know what time they went to bed back in the day in Egypt. But the death angel didn't start moving at midnight. He said all the houses were woken. So that death angel must have made some noise or somebody that made some noise when he came in there. Because everybody's house, there was some crying and wailing and weeping going on all at the same time. And then God says, okay, Moses, you saw what happened? In verse 43, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, I want to do this again. I want you to recognize what I've done for you, and I want you to remember what I've done, and I'm going to call it the Passover. And this is the regulations for the Passover in verse 43. No foreigner is to eat of it. That's almost like the communion. No unbelievers should take communion. Any slave you have brought may eat of it after you have circumcised them. That means he may not be a, uh, an Israelite, but he can come clean. But a temporary resident and a hired worker may not eat of it. Verse 46, it must be eaten while inside one house. Take none of the meat outside the house. Do not break any of the bones of the lamb. His bones shall not be broken. Verse 50, all the Israelites did what the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt by their division. This story in Exodus chapter 12 is one of the most important chapters in the Bible for the simple fact that it is where God instituted the Passover for Israel. And at the same time, he established one of the most prominent types in the Bible that prefigures Jesus Christ, the Messiah, in his atoning death on the cross. Here's what God is saying. He told Israel to do typically with the Passover what he was going to fulfill actually with Jesus on the cross. The Passover lamb as a type not only points to Christ Jesus as our Passover lamb, slain and sacrificed for sins, but also point back to the fact that God had this plan before time began in the earth. Because the Bible says, uh, behold the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. God already knew that Adam was going to sin. He already knew that Pharaoh was going to act up. He already knew. So God never have to make it up while it's going on. He already knows. He already has uh, the plan. And Jesus Christ was going to be that sacrificial lamb. Even before the foundations of the world. Jesus says, I'm the one. 
and the death of Jesus Christ, he fulfilled the prophetic picture and the type of the Passover and Exodus and every detail and aspect associated with it. I want to compare some of those details. Number one, every man in every household was to have a lamb for sacrifice. Every household. He said each household need to do this. Like those in Exodus, each one of us must experience salvation individually. You can't ride on somebody else's household. You can't call your neighbor. Just put the blood over your house. Hey, I'm close enough. He's going to pass over. If he got to pass over yours, he's probably going to pass over mine. No, you need the blood on your own house. Every individual Jew had to personally appropriate and had to accept God's deliverance through the blood of the Lamb. Now, nobody was going to make you stay in the house. He said, don't you go outside. Now, you can say, I don't know why I can't go outside. I want to see what's happening. You say, okay. And that's what people do. They have the word of the Lord, and they just decide they want to do something different. But he says, you can go outside. Now, notice, he didn't have any kind of requirements for the people except that they stay inside. In other words, you don't have to go out and be so clean. You don't have to go out and do anything to receive this salvation or this Passover. Just stay in the house. Get under the blood and stay there. You don't have to do anything to be saved, but just get under the blood. You don't have to meet any requirements. You don't have to try to do, be a really, really good person or change anything. You can't change anything, but God will change you when you are born again. Every individual Jew had to personally accept God's deliverance. Salvation then and now is an individual decision and an experience between him and her, every man and woman, and their Savior. You must personally come to Christ and believe that he is the Lamb of God that took away your sins and will save you from the wrath to come. No one else can do this for you. You can't just ride on your mother's coattail. Let me just share this with you. You must be born again to become a child of God. God has only children. He has no grandchildren. You can't say my mama is saved so that makes me saved. No, he has no grandchildren. You don't get grandfather in or grandchild in. My uncle, my aunt, he ain't got no other kinfolk but children. Got to be a child of God. Everybody are born by the Spirit of God. You can't say I'm a cousin of the Lord. You better be a child of God. It was an act of faith for the Israelites to put the blood of the lamb on the door. You know, and people are people. And they, the Bible says there was 600,000 men or so that came out of Egypt. And you know somebody going to start complaining. Why we got to put blood on my door? I just fixed this door. I don't agree with that. Just like people today, pastor tell them something, say, you need to win soul for you. I don't believe everybody needs to go do that. So people start complaining before they even think about it. And I know somebody was saying, I don't know why I need to do this. And no doubt there's probably, the Bible doesn't say it, but just human nature, there's probably somebody that didn't do it. It takes faith to believe. Here's what Moses said. You kill your lamb and you put that blood on the top and the sides of your door and you stay inside. Don't you come outside. He must be getting ready to do something. He don't want nobody to come outside. <laughs> what is he getting ready to do? I heard something out there. I want to go see. He always think he run things. 
Why he got to tell me what to do? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man. Or the wife said, baby, go on out there and see what's... <laughs> she just trying to get rid of him. But be sure we got some blood over the door, but you got to go on out there. <laughs> it's an act of faith. I want to believe. What is this blood supposed to do? What's that supposed to do? What does that mean? I don't believe that. And some people say, you think you just believe on Jesus Christ and he's going to save you? Yes. You believe he was crucified and was raised from the dead? Yes. You believe that? That's foolish. It's foolish to believe that if I just put some blood over my doors that a death angel is going to pass over me. It takes faith to put your trust in the blood of Christ who saves us. Number two, the lamb had to be unblemished. Only the best from the flock would do. An unblemished lamb. He says a lamb without defect. The Passover lamb was to have no visible defect or blemish on it. No flaws, no stains of imperfection. And this requirement for the lamb point to the fact that God's final lamb, Jesus, was sinless and perfect in his humanity and in his moral character. The lamb without mark or blemish represents the spotless character of Jesus, the Messiah. Apostle Peter identified Jesus as the lamb without blemish or, with, without, blemish or without spot. John says of him, uh, in him there is no sin. The book of Hebrews says Jesus was holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. He had no blemish. There was no guile in him. And even Pontius Pilate says, I find no fault in him. Judas, who betrayed him, says, I have sinned and betrayed innocent blood. Can't find nothing wrong with him. That's the kind of lamb he had to be because God said it. You can't represent purity and holiness if you got blemishes and sin in you. Jesus even asked his accusers, which of you convict me of sin? Which one of you can say that I've done something sinful? So as the Lamb of God, he was unblemished in his thoughts and words and deeds. The Bible says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin as to be a sin offering for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The Passover lamb had to be a young male. Jesus also answered this type. He was a young man when he went to the cross. He died in the prime of his life at age 33. Some medical doctor says between age 30 and 35 years is the age of the healthiest period of a young man's life. The Passover lamb was to be slain in public. And Jesus, too, was slain publicly before a watching crowd in Jerusalem. And the Jews who came from all parts of the Roman Empire saw him on Golgotha Hill during the Passover feast in Jerusalem. Jesus was a type of the Passover lamb. And guess what time of year it was when he was crucified? It was during the Passover. The death of Christ was not only a public execution but it was more than that. It was the cosmic event in human history that draws multitudes from all over the world. Jesus said this, if I'm lifted up, I would draw all men unto me. The fifth thing, none of the bones of the Passover lamb were to be broken. And John chapter 19 verse 32 quotes that from Exodus about the broken bones of the Passover lamb. And when those 
prisoners were on the cross, the two thieves, and Jesus was between them. The rulers and authorities of the Jews was concerned that they would still be there on the cross during Passover. And they said, we can't have them on the cross during Passover. They need to be dead before then. And he said, go out there and break the legs of those who are on the cross so that their bodies would swamp down and they would be so congested on the inside they would die more quickly. And he broke the legs of the two thieves and they came to Jesus and they said, he's already dead. None of his bones will be broken so that it can fulfill the law and the prophecies that none of the bones of the Passover lamb can be broken. John 19, 36 says, For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. King David prophesied about that in the Psalms. He said, none of his bones will be broken. Number six, the shed blood from the Passover lamb was a sign of life given and redemption accomplished. When God saw the lamb's blood sprinkle on the lintel and the two doorposts, the people in that house were saved from his wrath and for his judgment. The shed blood meant the life given and atonement for sin made. Leviticus 17 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. It is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. I was thinking about that and I Notice if you know a door with the lintel and the two doorposts, that was also, if you put blood there and blood there and blood there, it's the sign of the cross. His head up there at the top of the doorpost with blood on it and both of his hands with blood on it. That's how the sacrificial lamb is going to die on a cross. And you'll be able to see the blood over his head and on both sides with each hand. God saying, that's a picture. I see the cross. And I'm telling you to put the blood over that. That's going to save you then, and it's going to save us now. It is his shed blood that atones and purifies us from the sin in the eyes of God. For the blood of Jesus Christ, he said in 1 John 1:17, cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there's no redemption, God says. I showed you in the book of Exodus how this redemption things work, and I'm showing you again on the cross in Calvary. When the faithful Israelites took the blood out of the slain lamb and sprinkled it on the door with the hyssop, he was making the sign of the cross. Jesus said this. Remember he said, I am the door. What is he talking about? You all are still celebrating the Passover, saying you need to put the blood over the door. Guess who the door is? I am the door. See, didn't he say that? I'm the door. God says, put that over the door. How many doors you got on your house? You got one door. They didn't have back doors and all that. They got one. You got one door. He said, that's the only way. You got one way. And Jesus says, I'm that door. I'm that one way. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastor. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I'm the sacrificial lamb. Most believers don't have a good understanding of that whole process of why he says I'm the sacrificial lamb. I am the door. What door? That door that you've been putting that blood over and serving in a ritual. I'm the door come to life. 
So the Passover is an epic event in Jewish history that is observed every year for some 3,500 years. We have a sizable Jewish community in our city, and if you would go, you would see while we're celebrating Easter, they're celebrating Passover. The Passover was the event that brought deliverance for Israel out of the bondage of slavery. And God instructed the Israelites that on the first Passover night to slay a lamb and to sprinkle the blood upon his doorposts and lentils so that the Lord, when he passes through, will pass over. The Passover lamb and the shedding of the blood was a crucial thing for Israel's redemption. I was a little kid and sitting in church and I was reflecting on some of the old songs the saints were singing. And, well, we didn't know what they meant. We just sang them. We had no idea, but that's what they were singing. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Jesus shed his blood also for those who are captive by the power of sin. When we are unbelievers, when we have not become born again by giving our life to Jesus Christ, we are a captive to sin. We can't be a better person. Some of us have tried to be better. We've tried to act better. We've tried to do better. But you cannot be better, do better, or act better when you have a sin nature in you. When you have the sin nature in you, you do what sin demands. That is who you are. And that's not what you're doing. That's who you are. You don't have to teach a dog how to bark. You don't have to teach a cat how to meow. The cat has the cat nature and the dog got the dog nature. You don't have to teach a sinner how to sin because a sinner has a sin nature. No one has to teach you how to lie. You did pretty good on your own. Anybody took lying lessons? No, you didn't have to take lying lessons. You learned early. You didn't take stealing lessons either. You saw something you wanted and you looked to the left, you looked to the right, and you got it. Remember? Somebody, somebody said, yeah. When you come to Christ by faith and ask him to come, he says, I don't know how this is going to work. Just like the people who are sitting in the house. Can you imagine sitting in that house? This is what they told us to do. So what's getting ready to happen? I don't know how this is going to work. But when it was over, they said he passed over us. That's going to be a day of judgment. And when the Lord comes, all he's going to look for again is the blood of the lamb. Has that blood been applied to your heart? There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. And when he comes and he sees the blood of Jesus Christ, he says, I didn't come for you. This is a destroyer. This is the judgment on those who are lost. Notice he said, I'm coming to every house in Egypt. He came to every house, but the ones who had the blood over it, he passed over that one. God is coming again with judgment to every home and every house. And he's going to look for the same blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. When the blood flowed down from that cross, those who come to the cross have allowed the blood of Christ to be applied to their hearts. And the judgment of God will pass over us. Jesus Christ is our Passover Lamb. Would you bow your heads with me? You are here today and... You may not have had a great appreciation for what Jesus Christ has done for you, but you may know that there are things in your life that you are unable to break free from. You've tried. You, you tried to be a better person. You tried to do right. You tried a new method. 
you got involved in a new group, you tried to get more education, you tried some self-help programs, you tried some prescription drugs, you tried a little weed, some whiskey, you tried some of everything, but nothing has changed your life. But I'm here to tell you that the blood of Jesus is able to save and to transform your life. The blood that gives me strength from day to day will never lose its power. I'm talking to somebody in here today who need change in your life. You may be a member in this church and have been coming, but you know your life haven't changed. Jesus saves. You may be a visitor and you're just coming through, but you know you need change in your life. Jesus saves. The cross of Christ, when we put our trust and faith in him and just say, Lord, I don't know, but I just, I need you to come into my heart and in my life and change me. He says, I'll do that. He says, I'll stand at the door of your heart and I'll knock. If you open it up, I'll come in. I'll visit with you and I'll fellowship with you. Somebody's listening to me right now and I want to share with you that if you know you need change in your life and you say, Pastor, I'm ready for change. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hand right where you are and say, Pastor, I believe you're talking to me. I need change in my life. I'm ready for change. I want to pray with you. It's just like he came into my life and changed me. He'll come into your life and change you. There may be someone in here right now who will say, Pastor, I... I've been going to church and I've asked the Lord to come into my life but the way things have been going I'm not sure whether or not I'm connected with him today I'm not sure I want to know for sure that when he comes with his judgment and if he's going to pass by my house I want to be sure that the blood of Christ has been applied to my heart I don't want to have any doubt I want to rededicate my life to the Lord I want to be sure today if that's you lift your hand right where you are when Christ has already made the way, I don't want you to leave here and go to Paris. Listen, there is a heaven and there is a hell. Just like God said, I'm tired of these folks. It came to the point where he says, midnight tonight, I'm coming. Well, there's another midnight coming. The Lord said, he looks upon what's going on in the world, in our culture, in our country. And I believe God's going to get to the point and says, it's going to be midnight tonight. I'm coming again. And you're not going to have time to get ready because he's not going to make an announcement. He didn't announce to the Egyptians that I'm coming. He announced to the, his people that he's coming. So don't wait and think, I got some time. I need to get myself together. Here's your time to get yourself together right now. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we brought you a message today to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we are coming toward our Good Friday and Easter celebration, our Resurrection Sunday, I think it is so vital that we share the message of the grace and the goodness, the redemption and the forgiveness that Jesus Christ brings to every person. I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you are, and I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity, if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, to make a decision right 
now. It was Jesus who said, I don't come for those who are. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you are lost and you feel hopeless or helpless or disconnected in your spiritual life, today is a great opportunity for you just to turn to Christ and invite him into your heart, invite him into your life, and he will come in with his divine power and his spirit, and he will do for you what he's done for me and so many others. He will turn your life around. If you would like us to join you and pray with you and help you to get connected, call us right now at 281-964-1393 and say, I made a decision for Christ. I need to get connected so I can continue to grow. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Jesus Christ came to give you everlasting life, and we will walk that journey out with you. Be sure to call us and then join us for our Easter Sunday service at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road or online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.